Episode 1, a prequel to the Back to the Future franchise. To Sequel Quest POD, the podcast that dares to dive into the cinematic realms of infinite possibility with your intrepid hosts, Jeff, Justin, Jeremy, and Adam. Let the adventure begin now! This is Sequel Quest POD. So, whether you are joining us from across the universe, a parallel dimension, or from the depths of a subterranean realm, we welcome you to the inaugural episode of a podcast that promises to explore the infinite possibilities of your favorite cinematic adventures. We're glad you're here for our launch. Uh, this is our <laughs> ongoing mission to discuss, conceive, and imagine sequels and prequels to movies that deserve another installment. If you're wondering who it is that's yakking at you here, my name is Adam, though a uh, small section of the internet that is inclined towards retro pop culture may know me as Hoju Coolander. I'm the featured writer for RetroDays.org, which is a fantastic place to show childhood memories and watch old commercials and more. It's awesome. Just stop on by, check it out. Uh, and if that's what brought you on board with us today, good to have you. If you just happened upon us because you're a, a fan of film, you're just a movie lover, then then thanks for being here. Thanks for taking a chance on us. Um, I'm sure also that the other question that's on your mind is, now, if you guys are saying you're coming up with movies and plots and all that, are you professional writers connected to the movie business in any way? And uh, the answer is uh, yes and no. Uh, first and foremost, we're, we're a bunch of friends who are movie fans, and we just wanted an excuse to get together and have a little fun with our favorite films each week, and we invite all of you along for the ride. Um, as far as professional experience writing-wise, uh, I had a series of original scripts optioned by a production company a few years back. They never got filmed, you know, but that was about as close as I've gotten. Other than that, I've written and directed several no-budget short films uh, since then, uh, but my main qualifications just be an overactive imagination coupled with a love of film and general obsession with what-if scenarios. Uh, mostly, I'm known for dragging my friends into my creative endeavors, uh, which is actually Hi. how this podcast came together. There they are. So uh, without further ado, enough <laughs> about me. Let's meet the rest of the crew here. So first up, yeah, uh, loudmouth over there coming at us uh, all the way from uh, Los Angeles, hey. California. <laughs> uh, we have Justin. So uh, Justin, why don't you just tell us a little bit about some of your credits as a working actor in Hollywood for the last decade and Frankly, what are you doing here? Hey, everybody. Everything I'm going to tell you is not true. Uh, let's see. I own Paramount. Mm. I've written 18 scripts, all of which won Academy Awards. A Beautiful Mind, and, that was you? Uh, you were the man on the wire, if I recall. I, I, I was the man on the wire. If you saw uh, Benjamin Button, uh, I was the stand-in for uh, all the babies, all the big <laughs> shots when he was a baby. I'm really small. All right. I'm really, really But small. in all seriousness, let, let's just say here, you you did share the screen with Steve Carell for five seconds. Is that not true? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I don't think it was in that. He wasn't in that. It was with Rain Wilson. Oh, yeah. it was? Okay. It was Dwight. But, but Steve you... Carell walked by and was like, great job. And I was like, you're Steve Carell. So if you want to know what this guy looks like, find the episode of The Office where Dwight ordered a pizza. Sandwich. Sandwich even? It was Wasn't a it? sandwich pizza. <laughs> did, did, That's the didn't best you kind. have a joke that they cut out? I had several. I'm, I'm a wonderful comedian. 
Mm. You're a female? Is that a female? Com- no. Yeah. Comedi- comedian. <laughs> Good for you. All right. So that that is Justin. <laughs> lies, lies, and excess. There he is right there. And uh, now the other guy who's chiming in there, uh, we have the man that we uh, recruited due to his role in life as a, a professor of opinions. Uh, he's not an actual professor. Not he, a real title. No, not a real he, title. He just professes to have an opinion, whether you like it or not. So people say hello to Jeff. Hello. I do have opinions. It's true. And uh, you, you've seen <laughs> I, I a film? I don't know what else you want from me. That's pretty much all you queued me up for. I think that's all we needed. That's perfect. All right. Now, the other person who is very integral to this whole program is uh, our producer, tech guru, and resident beat master, Jeremy. Uh, he actually, he does come from a professional career behind the mic, giving movie reviews on a morning radio talk show and things like that. But uh, you'll meet Jeremy next week. You couldn't be with us this week due to a DJ gig tonight. So yeah, he's he is the beat master. And, uh, but we thank him for putting all the details together. What was his DJ together. name again? Yeah, I mean, his official name uh, in, in the world of entertainment is the Ginger Ninja. So I, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Meet the Ginger Ninja next week. There's your incentive to tune in. With those introductions out of the way, let's just let's get this mission started. Today, we are going to be talking about a, a film from 1985 that is uh, in the zeitgeist right now. It's huge. Uh, everybody's excited. We are at the 30th anniversary of 1985's Back to the Future. They are, you know, re-releasing the film. There's all sorts of merchandise coming out. I mean, so cool. Th- th- this, if you were a Back to the Future fan ever, this is this is the time. You, hopefully, you made it these 30 years, right? <laughs> you hung well, in. Not there. only that. Yeah. Hey, Adam, do you have a link to that video of the hoverboard? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. We can throw that up on the blog, and uh, we'll give you all that yeah. detail. Just uh, sequelquestpod.com, so you can check that out. And, well, not uh, only that, but I think it wasn't it two, uh, Back to the Future 2 traveled into the future to the year 2015. Absolutely. Yeah. You've probably got your tickets already. I know I've got mine, but they are re-releasing it into theaters Back to the Future Part 2 on October 21st, 2015. So you can what? jump up. Isn't that awesome? Get them now, man, before they're gone. <laughs> One more little, little tidbit that's getting at least us sports fans excited is that in Back to the Future 2, set in 2015, the entire plot point of Marty wanting to go back in time with knowledge of what the future is going to take because of gambling is because the one crazy old man says about the Cubs winning the World Series in 2015. (laughs) The Cubs are currently in the playoffs for the first time in many years. Wow, that's amazing. Still not Chicago is very excited. We're we're holding out. Future's predictions. (laughs) That's right. All right. Well, with that, let's get to our, our first segment here which is uh, titled, In Case You Missed It. What we're going to be doing here is giving you a synopsis of the film that is uh, written by a user on IMDb. There's a lot of interesting uh, interpretations of the film here. This guy won uh, primarily just because of his, his actual name. So Vampire Sharpshooter, thank you for giving us this synopsis of Back to the Future. It's a good name. It's quality. In the life of Marty McFly, all is not well. His family is dysfunctional, his school punctuality is questionable, and the music he likes and plays is just too darn loud. His one true light is his girlfriend Jenny, and his one true friend is a somewhat off-kilter Dr. Emmett Brown. In a request from Dr. Brown, Marty meets the mad scientist and discovers that his friend has built a time machine out of a DeLorean. From there, Marty's humdrum life becomes literally a blast from the past as he is transported to 1955. 
a stranger in a strange yet familiar land, Marty must seek out Dr. Brown to help send him back to his own time while simultaneously ensuring that his parents meet and fall in love. So what do you guys think? Pretty accurate synopsis of the film? I remember part of that. <laughs> you, you recall? So now... Oh, by the way, for everybody who's listening, I have a terrible memory. So, so really, before when you were lying, it wasn't that you were lying. It was just you literally could not recall it's any just, detail of your life. I forgot that I own Paramount. <laughs> oh, it's a beautiful thing. We're, we're hoping we could push some ideas your way, sir, if, if you're open. Oh, wait, wait, that was Paramount dry cleaning. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Down the street. It's All beautiful, right. though. So uh, anyway, now, now, uh, now that we've got the synopsis out of the way, let's jump into the fan zone. This is basically where we just talk about our own fandom of the film, where we can kind of share our memories of the franchise. Justin, why don't you start us off? Whatever you can remember. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, I remember at least the definitely the first and third movie, just watching those so many times over and over again, especially like in high school and in grade school. There were like movies, and Jeff will attest to this, movies that we would just watch like, over the summer, just religiously, every single day, maybe even twice a day. I just love those movies. I mean, in the second one, of course, The Hoverboard, and now the fact that they're out is amazing. Now, do you consider yourself an actual, are you a fan of the film? Oh, yeah. I have. I have that. Where Can I see them from here in my collection? Yeah. Yeah, I've got all three of them. Not on Blu-ray. So sad. For shame. Regular DVD. What is that? Is it just not even real anymore? Now, did you ever have any merchandise or anything like that? Any special memories of going to the theater or anything like oh, that? Oh man, I don't, I don't think I ever bought any merchandise. But uh, no, and as you said, as we've said before, I don't remember actually. <laughs> so, so it's very possible that you actually had had lunch with Michael J. Fox at some point. It's very possible that I've never seen the film. <laughs> You're so excited. Thank you for being here. Jeff, tell yeah, us a little great. bit about your uh, history with Back to the Future. I would like to point out for both Justin and I is that we were five years old when this movie came out. So we weren't the target audience that would have seen this in the movie theater. And so a lot of the merchandise and things like that, we were probably a little too young. I don't know if they did do merchandising, but as a five-year-old, I probably didn't see this movie until I was at least somewhere in the teenage years I feel like we did. My parents had recorded it off of television. So I remember the first time the opening sequence where Marty is at Doc Brown's and there's all of the clocks that are all different times. I remember seeing that for the first time years later because my parents hadn't pushed record until somewhere down the line. And I was like, what is this scene? It's like a added scene so it was very exciting but yeah it's kind of like like with Justin where it's one of the it's one of those movies for me that is just such a part of my DNA that it's just like I watched it so many times and I knew it so well and all of the I feel like and I don't know if it was Justin and I or I don't know who it was but I know with some friend of mine we watched the one scene where past Doc when they create the models and he has the one toy car that goes off the end and then it catches fire and it runs into the soiled rags or whatever and then Christopher Lloyd makes this ridiculous looking face we must have watched that scene on repeat dozens of times in a row just that, that was your moment you just that was it. yeah well there were many but that was one just because of Christopher Lloyd's yeah Christopher Lloydness 
Um, but the neat thing, I think, for me especially with this film as an adult now is now going back and being able to appreciate one. Like the amazing thing is, as much as Michael J. Fox gets the credit for being the main character and he's the one everybody loves, Marty McFly and everything like that. The amazing thing is, is that I think his performance is maybe the least remarkable of everyone's performance in this. I mean, Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson and, of course, Crispin Glover and um, uh, what's his name that plays Biff? Tom uh, Wilson. Thomas F. Wilson, who I don't know what else he ever did, but he was Biff. He was the definitive Biff. We're just such brilliant, like, performances and just that you can watch it again and again and again and it's just so multi-layered and so awesome that one of the things that made it such a yeah such a, a, an amazing movie i think i agree yeah i want to second that jeff like those especially i think uh doc and biff like those two characters are just so iconic and uh, and just uh, stand out to me as like characters i'll never forget and like marty marty's sort of like your every man and, and every movie needs one of those but those two just were awesome all right. Well, yeah, that's great. Um, now, in on my end, I, I did see two and three in the theaters because, uh, you know, Back to the Future 2 was released in 1989 and then part three was released in 1990. And I definitely had started going to movies. I think my first movie ever was actually Beetlejuice in 88. So, nice. yeah, like in the theater. So it's one of those things where I, I was definitely excited. I... I remember seeing the standy, like the you know the cutout for part three, like at our local movie theater, uh, next to like an Ikari Warriors stand-up video camera or camera cabinet, <laughs> uh, you know. So like the, I, I vividly remember that. But then the only ver- we, we only ever owned part two on VHS, but I had never seen the original. But because part two has so many refilmed scenes from the original like I never thought I needed to um so it wasn't until like years later at my cousin's house that I actually saw the first film and I was just blown away by like how close you know all the refilm stuff was and I was like oh that's awesome you know um and I but I I was really like into it as soon as I saw two and three like I like when you were saying you know again you guys were watching back to the future part two over the summer or back to the future over the summer over and over again that was back to the future part two for me just nonstop. and I ended up getting my dad to take me to a DeLorean car show that was at this place called uh, Old Town. It was like this German village in Anaheim, California. And it was amazing. It was, it was awesome. Like, and it, it was all these tricked out, like not all of them, you know, were made up to look like Back to the Future. Some had like these like shiny black paint jobs, but a lot of them had like the flux capacitor custom installed, like, and I, re- and I always wanted yeah. one. Yeah. And I realized I was too tall after going to that show. And I was like, even even at like 13 or something, I was too tall to fit in a DeLorean. I was like, ah. Oh. But I have like an old issue of car oh, and man, driver. I trunk. Yeah. <laughs> just did they have trunks? I'm not sure it did have a trunk. Yeah. That's, that's, well, I guess they did store stuff in the trunk. Engine. The Put me in the engine. Yeah. The engine. There you go. Wherever you go. <laughs> and, and like, I remember there was like, there was like, car- I had like the Happy Meal toys because a cartoon came out after part three. I never watched it because I was like, yeah, this is kind of for kids uh wow. for kids uh, but but i did have some of the happy meal toys like marty on a hoverboard and stuff um and there were these awesome micro machines also i don't know if you guys ever saw those uh, but there were these very detailed little micro machine back to the commercials future. oh yeah <laughs> that guy with motor the mouth micro machine commercials the guy oh, that yeah. just that was <laughs> his thing. super fast yeah but yeah so i mean like uh, I'm, I'm definitely in there where it's always been and like you know i did go to like a before this 30th anniversary they did some you know they've been doing you know revival screenings here and there so I, i've been to a couple 
uh, I've been to see it in theaters a couple times. So it's just, it's exciting. Uh, the first film that is. Now we get to see the second one, which I'm super excited about. But anyway, now we are going to get into the meat of the show here. This is uh, what y'all came for. This is a, a little section we call The Pitch. So uh, each of us are going to get our opportunity just to share our general concept, maybe a few plot points here and there uh, for our, uh, our ideas for what we would do for a sequel or a prequel. And in this case, we've actually decided, you know what? They did two sequels. Let's check it out. What would a prequel to Back to the Future look like? So with that, uh, why don't we throw it to Justin and let's uh, let's get your ideas. What what did you think of? Okay, for... so Adam, you're going to be really disappointed because I did a sequel. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, but but when you hear the sequel, you might be like, oh man, I wish we would have done sequels because it's such an amazing idea. Oh, and I've forgotten what it is. Uh, so have you guys seen the trailers for uh, Creed? No, I, I don't think I have. Okay, so they're coming out with a sequel to Rocky, even though, again, Rocky has like 18 sequels. Oh, yes. Yes, I did see this one. Right, and so it's uh, Apollo Creed's kid. So my sequel is called Tannen. Whoa. And uh, (laughs) so so it's basically about Biff's kid, Bobby. Uh, So Bobby Tannen, uh, chubby high school kid. He's not too confident. They live on the rougher side of town because dad was a mechanic is kind of a wuss still. I think he ends up the last – he's, like, serving Marty McFly, right? Right. He, like, yeah. waxes like their cars and stuff, car. yeah. Yeah, so he's a mechanic. He's just, like, fixing cars. Um, he's kind of a wuss. Mom left home, uh, and Dad's always bugging him not to get in trouble and to stay invisible and just, like, not be noticed. Uh, and he has a younger sister, Susie, who's, like, seven and who's Bobby's, like, biggest fan, loves her older brother. Uh, so at school, there's Martin McFly, who's Marty's son. And I think in the in the second one, he has the three kids, right? Uh, two. He he has a son and a daughter. Son and a daughter. Okay. So the daughter we don't see, but the the older son, unless he was a younger son, nah, who cares? Uh, <laughs> the uh, his son is like. The super popular, good-looking, like, all-American kid. Everybody loves him. Um, and he kicks Bobby around like no other. Bobby's the unassuming, kind of the the um, the dork in school. But he is good friends with Emil Brown, who's uh, uh, Doc Brown's son uh, and is Bobby's super geeky best friend. Uh, doesn't They don't like um, Martin, uh, even though their parents are best friends. So, like... Obviously, uh, uh, what is it? Doc and Doc and Marty are good friends, but the kids don't get along. So uh, Bobby comes home uh, one day after getting his butt kicked by Martin, just picking on him. And Dad's really worried, uh, but he blames Bobby for getting noticed. Uh, and so they get into a big fight, and the sister tries to intervene, um, but Bobby goes to his room. And so late that night. Uh, Susie gets abducted by a mysterious man in a weird outfit who throws her into a train that flies off into nothing and disappears. Uh, And so Emil appears out of nowhere and who predicted this was going to happen. He grabs Bobby and throws him into a Prius that travels through time (laughs) using the least amount of plutonium possible. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, middle part, middle part, middle part. They go on a like chase through time. I think it should basically like kind of go through all of the stages of the movie. So they probably hit up the wild west. They hit up the 1980s. They go to the future, which oddly enough is the present just with hoverboards. 
And uh, Bobby and Emile's relationship is tested. They fight and they have a falling out right before the end, which they go back to um, the future slash present. There's a big school dance. Martin's band is playing and Bobby gets Martin back and Martin fails and everything goes well and they get the sister back and yay. Yay, life. Wow. All right. So so if this is the redemption of the Tannins is essentially this film. Yeah. Is making yeah, them the heroes. Yeah. Interesting. So now the question I have is this. So yeah, and the, and the fact that, that he's driving a time-traveling Prius has nothing to do with the fact that that is your car of choice. <laughs> no, nothing. No. Nothing at all. Nothing at it's all. Solid though, I like it. I mean, after Mister Fusion from the last one that just runs on garbage, it seems natural that Prius would would it jump back <laughs> to nuclear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So now the the question I have is this. You did. You did not reveal to us who was the mysterious man in in the flying time traveling train. Oh, it was Martin. Oh, it was Martin. Okay, maybe Mar- I just didn't Martin hear from that. the future. Martin from the future, who is evil at abducting his sister because abducting children. Wow, I mean the the McFlies really went downhill. That's that's, that's crazy. <laughs> well, you know, all of this all of this fame went to their heads. Well, I, 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 we saw to the top. you get to the top. You have a big dissension. Right, back go to the future too, where he gets fired because of his cheating. Okay, now now I have I have a quick question also in this. So so in this case, were you doing just a direct sequel as if parts two and three didn't happen? So this was like right after the first film? Well, so I figure in three they kind of like reset everything. Mm-hmm. You know? And so oh, it kind of yeah. ends with that Biff is doing car stuff. Mm-hmm. The McFlies are fine, and Marty is going to be doing okay. You know, he's not, uh, he's not too much of a show-off, but I think because he's doing well, his kids get kind of a bigger ego. They're not as, um, not as standoffish as he is in the, be- as Marty is in the beginning because his dad is that way, you know? And he gets th- that from his father. Is, is, this, is this pretty, is this a drama? Like, what's the tone of your film? Oh, no, I think it's the same as the original. Just, like, it's definitely, like, funny and they have fun. I just wrote basically, like, the dramatic beats because okay. that's what's going to carry it through. And it's totally going to get made. So, obviously... Well, uh, well you have your own pretty... studio. So, yeah. You, you... Yeah, exactly. Paramount. I do, yeah. So, I'm going to it up right, now, right away. All right. I'm going to make it. No, they're doing good. I mean, we're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeff, hit us with your pitch. Okay, well, I kind of... Uh, for for different reasons than Justin, but uh, when I started thinking about a prequel, the flaw that I found was that in the first Back to the Future movie, Doc Brown tests the time travel machine for the first time. So if we do a prequel, that means time travel is off the table. And for me, if you take time travel out of a Back to the Future movie – what the heck are we doing here anyway? So I it's combined, just ten things I hate about you. Exactly. I combined the two where I figured like let's do a it's like a prequel and a sequel. So it does pick up <laughs> after the third one. So Doc awesome. Brown, like Justin has said, you know, Doc Brown has sailed off in his his time traveling train with Jules Verne and 
whatever his wife's name is. Uh, but anyway. Well, that's the actress's so go, name is, is Mary Steed version. That's what it is. I can't remember her name. That's going to drive me crazy. It's Clara. Clara. Thank you very much. So we pick up the action sometime afterwards, and the train shows back up, uh, and Doc comes out and says that, like, Marty, you've got to come back with me or something. I don't know if you want to use the exact same line that they've used over and over again. Maybe you do. Yes. But yes. it's kind of that like, wait, so is it is it, you know, is it my parents? They seem fine. No, it's not your parents. Is it my kids? No, it's not my parents. It's us, Marty. It's you and I. And so we find out that the problem, and again, this is the thing that I was thinking about. Zemeckis or whoever the screenwriter was, was not terribly worried about all of the details of time travel about all the ideas where somehow everything in the entire world changed except for Marty and Doc. And so, like, all of these things where it's like, well, he started to disappear while he was making those changes, except for clearly that wasn't what actually was going to happen. I don't know. Very, very hocusy-pocusy, but that's not what the movie's about. Anyway. This coming from a Star Trek fan. that, that That's why and, you have this opinion, well, correct? Okay, that's true, because Star Trek would be... Yeah, they, they care about those things. Uh, anyway, so Doc comes back and says that somehow, and again, I hadn't really thought this one out. The screenwriter can take it from here, but is somehow the problem is that something has happened so that Marty and Doc no longer meet. And so I don't know if it's like he runs, I, it, for me, if it's like he runs into Marty, but Marty doesn't know who he is, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Something happens where the problem is us yeah so okay they go then back here's where the prequel comes in they have to go back to when the two of them first meet but because he's a doc is afraid of running into his family and causing all this sort of things like that he has to leave jules verne and the wife at home which is fine because i have no interest in watching a movie about the four of them so instead <laughs> they the two of them marty and doc go back uh, to you know earlier in 1985, and they kind of have all of these different plans to try and get Marty and Doc to actually meet up. So they try all of these different things, and they have like, okay, like we're gonna, you're gonna, you know, crash your bike right in front of me, and so I have to come over and find it. And then Marty, you're gonna like your old self is gonna walk by and blah blah. blah. They set up all of these things, and nothing ends up working. And so finally, the big, like, climax of the movie is that, like, Marty finally, like, forces it out of Doc to say, like, what happened to make this happen? And we find out that Doc had been traveling through time with his family and had interfered with Marty's, like, audition, I think? Like, his band audition. And because he interfered with his band audition, his band audition actually went really, really well, and he got hired to a radio or to a record deal, and so he had such a high confidence that he never wanted to hang out with this weirdo scientist. So then that gives Marty this dilemma of, do I put time right, and I put the two of us together, but then I have to make myself fail? And so then that's the big dilemma, and probably in a Zemeckis film, we'd end up with like, the happy, like, well, I'm content with where we are, and I wouldn't want to lose you as a friend, and yada, 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 and it, and it goes on. Um, really. <laughs> uh, blah, blah, friend. You know, blah, blah. saccharine exactly. sweet. Blah. Whatever. But it's got to be it's got to be at least a dilemma where he's just like, oh, like, do I, you know, I've got everything that I've always wanted could have happened, right. and of course he's going to be angry at Doc because Doc's the one that ruined everything. And Yeah, no, that, that's quite, that's quite a take. That's, uh, I think they should... 
Uh, I was going to say, I think he should get both. I think he should be in a rock band. Like, it should all turn around where he does get the rock band, but, like, Doc's in the rock band or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Totally, totally. Oh, our totally. Not, it not ends. I was going to say, like, maybe for mine, when they're going through time, they can go to, like, Caesar's. Right. Wait, C- Caesar's Palace? Good. Caesar's. Would, wait, Little Caesar's? Caesar's what are you talking about? Yeah, little Caesar's. It would <laughs> no, be good like to have top, some Caesar's other. Because, I mean, we had the future, we had the Wild West, so it would be kind of neat to go to, you know, there's a lot of other times that they could travel. Yeah, to. I was just thinking they go to, like, the places they've been because that's where Marty knows, and so he's, or Martin heard stories from his dad or something like that. I don't know. All right. Well, cool. Just no, wanted to I, go visit. It's. I mean, it's. It's the thirtieth anniversary, so they got to visit all those places anyway. To the movies for the fans, you know, kind of like in. Yeah. Uh, what was it Jurassic Park? And they go back to the first. Yeah, which was awesome. So, yeah, so, but, no, but this is what I love is like two like just totally different takes. That's the whole point of the show is it's gonna you know coming from the minds of two completely different uh, individuals, and now a third point yeah, of view. Yeah, I really like Jeff's too. Like that was really cool. I like that they go, they get him, the tra- of course, the train disappears, it comes right back, because that always happens in those movies. <laughs> and then true. they have to go right back to, and I like that it's not any of the things, it's them. I was like, that's that's really cool. Now, like before that. before you guys decided to go rogue and, and break the system, a <laughs> <laughs> uh, prequel, ah, you can't do a prequel here. I, I decided- face, Adam. <laughs> I want to hear, yeah, your take on it. I, I really I really believe in the, in the, in the prequel concept. Uh, so in my, in my particular pitch, um, the film does take place in 1980, so five years before the first film. And really the premise is, how did Doc and Marty meet and how did they form their bond? Now, Jeff's point is very clear. In the first film, Doc had not done any time travel yet. So there actually is no time travel in my, in my, uh, in my pitch. So just I'll preface it with that. Um, so but it's, right, so it's right. 1980. Marty is 12. He's obsessed with being a rock star. He wants to, you know, just play guitar. But his mom's forcing him to, you know, take piano lessons. His piano teacher is Doc Brown's neighbor who hates Doc because his parents are always making a ruckus and stuff. So Marty kind of hears about Doc, but he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't recognize him. Now at school, Marty's always being hassled. Mrs. Strickland is his English teacher. She's always calling him a degenerate. <laughs> you know, instead of a slacker, he's a degenerate. A degenerate. Um, wow. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Marty's always being challenged by needles. Do you guys remember uh Flea. flea yeah flea for red hot chili peppers flea, yeah. so needles is his schoolyard <laughs> kind of antagonist he's not a bully he's he's kind of his antagonist and he's always challenging him to do stupid stunts but he refuses needling yeah needling him there you go and, if but, you will and of course he always gets him to do it how <laughs> well done well done nice guys nice good show is so- it, was I talking during your plots? Come on now. <laughs> yes, no, I'm just kidding. Someone was. <laughs> <laughs> we had comments. We had comments. Um, so anyway, but, but Needles is always getting Marty to do stupid stuff by calling him a chicken because he always ends up doing it right when Marty's crush, Jennifer, is walking by. And so Marty gets busted for one in particular deal. Now, 
uh, George, you know, George McFly, Crispin Glover, whoever is playing him at the time, decides he or is forced to discipline Marty. But he's just, you know, he's such a wuss. He doesn't know how to do anything. He's like terrible punishments. He's like, you have to wash the dog for a month, you know, but the dog died two years ago. You know, like just stuff like, you know, that's the, the comedy. And then Lorraine, you know, <laughs> the mom comes in. She lays down the law and says Marty's not allowed to buy the electric guitar that he's been saving up for for the last six months. And so he's all crushed. He ditches his piano lessons, goes to Mr. Marvin Berry's guitar shop at Twin Pines Mall, tells him about his troubles. And as he's leaving the guitar shop, he he sees Jennifer walking by with her friends and he's all, you know, love struck. And he runs into this old man with white hair who's leaving a pet shop with a little dog in his hands. And, you know, all the guys says, you know, helps him up. He's like, you should be more careful in the future, young fellow. That's my Christopher Lloyd. Um, but uh, so but after <laughs> it's beautiful. I know after the man walks away, you know, Marty finds that he dropped the dog tag and he sees that, you know, the name of the dog is Einstein. The owner is Dr. Emmett Brown. It's got his address. He's like, oh, I got to find this guy. Give him his dog tag back. And that's the guy I've been hearing about. So he goes, tries to find him. When he runs outside the mall, he runs into Needles and his gang of guys challenge him to steal these fuzzy dice off a car uh, in the parking lot. Turns out the car belongs to Biff, who catches him. And now Biff is chasing him around the parking lot. And Marty uh, hides out in, in the bed of this truck that happens to be Doc brown's truck so he ends up being driven back to doc's lab and uh when he's you know in the back of the truck doc doesn't know he's there he's seeing doc work on the flux capacitor and all these other you know items that are going to be related to the the time machine um but then what happens is you know marty gets discovered doc's like oh you know get out of here you know these children i can't be bothered i don't have time for this you know and he kicks him out um and then the next day marty finds out he's failing science and the only way he's going to get a passing grade is if he can get his science fair exhibit because he figures if i don't if i fail i'm never getting that guitar you know and the teacher says if you you know put turn in a good science fair project then we'll we'll let you pass so this is this is as you can tell so far it's more it's like it's like a kid's kind of story in a way it's it's got it's got kind of that mm-hmm. you know that movie of the week kind of feel in a sort of in a, in a, in a idea there but um so anyway now walk walking home marty gets spotted by biff and Biff sees him. Yeah, you're that kid who was trying to see him. So he's like, he runs into a junkyard. He finds Doc. And they bond while like they're sifting through parts because Doc's trying to find some parts for the time machine. And he's uh, he talks to Doc and he says, you know, I saw in your workshop you had this old guitar. And he's like, oh, Doc's like, oh, rock and roll's a waste of time. You know, I just strip them for parts. They're perfect for the conductors for my experiments. And finally, uh, he Marty finds the piece that Doc needs. So he's kind of holding it ransom. He's like, look, oh, you're a scientist. Well, if you help me with my science for project, I'll let you have this. You know, and Doc finds the piece he needs anyway, but he likes Marty's spunk, you know. So now they bond. Marty learns about becoming a good student, you know, and Doc kind of learns more about being a friend. And, they're, and they just kind of have that, those bonding moments. Now, the real conflict of the nice. film is that Doc finds out that Biff is, uh, you know, he's trying to buy Doc's property. Because I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the, f- the first film, but Doc lives, like, on a street next to a Burger King and a Toys R Us. <laughs> so he's not in a residential area. He's, he's, <laughs> he's literally on a city street. So it's, like, prime location. Biff wants to build a tanning salon because that's, like, the big business in his mind. Um, and so, yeah, at Doc's experiments, he, he, he's, there you go. Tannins, tan, I didn't even think about that. You're Tannin's a genius. Tannins hands. Tannins hands. And uh, so basically Doc has been spending all his money 
on his experiments, he hasn't been paying his mortgage payments. So, so Biff's like, you know, in with the bank and he can make it happen. So, you know, in the meantime, Marty and Jennifer have their meet cute at a roller skating rink. They bond over the talking about the film Xanadu, which came out that year. And, uh, Jen, Jen, you had to work it in. I had to. <laughs> Jennifer loves Olivia Newton-John and then Marty likes ELO, you know, Electric Light Orchestra. And since the film is a fusion of their two musics, they realize that they can, they can be united in their love anyway <laughs> so they have, they have, there's a big skating scene and they, they fall in love and uh, anyway now Marty at this point gets challenged again with needles and needles like you know break this statue in front of Doc's house and, and Marty doesn't want to but he gets called a chicken and really gets pushed so he does it Doc sees it he's sad you know so now they're having their struggle as friends Marty does win the science fair but it's a hollow victory you know because now Doc's not behind him and they eventually reconcile because Marty, you know, wants to make it up to Doc. He, he starts spying on Biff. He finds out that the tanning salon is actually a front for illegal exotic pets that, that, <laughs> that Biff is importing. And so it leads to this whole big scene where there's like tigers and pandas and ostriches and everything like <laughs> loose in town. You know, and, and they're chasing around because you have to have a big moment, right? We have no time travel. So instead, it's like Jumanji, yeah. you know, like you got you got all these this stampede of animals all over town biff gets covered in ostrich manure you know i hate manure you know we gotta have that moment and so finally they all uh they all reconcile needles challenges marty one more time to egg mr strickland's house instead he gets caught you know then doc uh gives marty the the guitar that he's fixed up for him so now marty got his guitar and then he shows him the giant speaker and amp that he built and he's like you can come and jam at my house anytime because you know marty's parents you know aren't supposed to know you know (laughs) because you know he's not supposed to have that because they already forbade it so now the and then the final shot of the film again there wasn't any time travel right but the final shot is uh, a clock that's attached to a refrigerator and and the flux capacitor is installed it charges up it disappears and it reappears with a note that with it's like attached to the fridge with a magnet that says congratulations dr brown you just invented time travel might i suggest you look for a vehicle to travel in sincerely dr emmett brown 1985 so now then at that moment the mail gets delivered there's a, a car magazine with the delorean on the cover you know and then marty's rocking out through the credits and then that's that's the end you know so so that's my pitch nice. right there. nice so now is this a pre so in a not only is it a prequel, is it also assuming that the events of the first movie Correct. hadn't happened yet? So this yeah. is still nerdy George McFly and everything? Exactly. And then that's the whole thing. Originally, I, I, I conceived it as, no, no, they already fixed the past. But I realized there's not, there's not a lot to mine there. Once every, Like Justin was saying, once Marty and the McFlys are all happy and rich and fine... That there's not much going on there, but if you look at the way their life yeah. was before, that's much more interesting for a you know a starting point. So yeah, it's literally a prequel to the first film before anything has happened uh, to to fix the past. Nice. So now with that, I uh, like I, I really love the we bought a zoo aspect. I <laughs> I, I, I really want to uh, see I really want to see uh, Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> riding an ostrich oh body <laughs> <Yeah. You know? laughs> i also like tannin with tannin oh that'd that was great, great. and that i can't believe i didn't solid. see it <laughs> did you have a name did i miss it did, no i didn't that justin justin named it right there he found it no i mean like tannin a name with tannin. oh for the film 
Yeah. Oh yeah. The the movie is again because my whole idea is that it, there's it's not time travel. So it, they would probably throw back to the future on there somehow. But I was gonna call it the Adventures of Doc and Marty, and then and then it's just yeah. like maybe you know you could have you know a Back to the Future you know tale or something like that on it you know. But but I really want it to be like a separate entity almost it's like it's related but it's it we're not promising you're going to get time travel in it type thing and just i don't know if you guys have seen this but for fans of the show if anybody's watched rick and morty on adult swim it's basically a play on doc and marty and it's it's pretty hilarious it's it's pretty wrong in terms of the humor but it's it's really funny wow. especially if you're a fan I, yeah, of sci-fi that. from that era and those movies like every episode is a play on some movie from that time especially sci-fi and fantasy all right now let's move on uh, to our next portion of the process we have to kind of decide amongst ourselves which pitch do we want to go with or is there any conceivable way to combine them so you know we look at oh, you know man. i know so looking at justin's it's really it's it's a tannin story you got bobby tannin and he is being terrorized by future mcflies okay so there's that mm-hmm. you got jeff's story where I guess if we're if we're gonna condense it, it's we have to make sure we meet, and how do we how do we, you know, overcome all the obstacles that have now uh, now occurred? Now, Jeff was uh, yeah, I know you hadn't conceived it, but but basically you're just saying that some event, some other type of time travel mistake or something prevents them from meeting, correct? And basically well, negates no, all the other it's films. The doc, when Doc is traveling with his family, ah. he wanted to go back and see something so he actually went back to when they met and he was the one that created the situation that you know marty wins the thing and so then that's why they don't don't meet right so he has to fix his own mistake basically correct and then mine i mean it could something like that could easily be like he does something even further in the past but because of the quote-unquote butterfly effect Marty ends up with like that results in Marty's. So he doesn't have to go back to that day to just be he's exploring time with his family. And somehow that gets messed up along the way. I, I what, what I feel okay, like I is yeah, yeah, because I, 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 th- I think that's a strong concept. Like I, I feel like Jeff's pitch is the most marketable because it covers everything that we yeah. want you know what i'm saying like what the the public is going to want like i say my mine was more like you know kind of bare bones but gets to the heart of it which i always felt was really the like the time travel aspect was like the hook but really the story was about characters and it was about the relationships totally. and family and all of that and that's any good movie any good movie is going to have some fantastical element but if right. you don't care about the characters then you don't care about the movie right, you know? right. exactly but the one thing but i, and think, I think that that's, for fans oh. Yeah, I think Jeff's I, I vote Jeff's too, uh, because number one, you, Adam, I love yours, but Je- you got to have time travel. You have to have. It yeah, I, I understood that Fans <laughs> of the franchise are just not. I feel like they're not going to. I mean, I can tell you, like, if they made a Back to the Future movie sequel, prequel, whatever, and it did not have time travel, I'd be like. Well, this better be an Academy Award winning piece. <laughs> Otherwise, I do not care. Starting to realize yeah, well, why my scripts were not produced. I love you, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would agree with what you guys are saying, though, that because especially, and again, because for me as an adult, one of the things that I so appreciate, because personally, by the way, which and just as kind of a side note, one of the things that I really appreciate about the, the Back to the Future franchise is that clearly when they created Back to the Future, 
I don't feel like it doesn't feel like they had all three movies in mind. No. It's not like it was a trilogy that they needed to, to whatever. But I also feel like the second and the third one aren't just rehashing the same storyline from the first, and they're not trying to just mm-hmm. explain away the first. Each one has its own story to tell and does its own, which I think is what sequels are supposed to do. Um, but the one right. thing, like you guys really pointed out, that they, the, the things that they did keep in all three were those characters. And I still think what made the second and third ones not as good is the whatever the heck happened to Crispin Glover. Because if Crispin Glover would have been in the second and third one instead of it having to be you know, Mar- or, uh, Michael J. Fox, Crispin Glover, to me, made that first movie. George McFly is one of my favorite characters in all of everything. And so to have nice. him in this prequel, I would feel like, again, he's such a perfect, like, quintessential n- nerd loser guy. And Biff is maybe cinema's greatest bully of all time. And so you got to have those characters in there. And so I don't know if, like, yeah, is the main plot going to be just about Marty and Doc Brown and those people will be auxiliary? I mean, I guess you could do that because we've already done them as the main focus, the the, the Biff and the... the yeah, well, th- th- that's Biff. what I say. Like, I feel like they had their moment in the first film. And, and that that's really what, when I look at the, the trilogy, the first film really was, okay, this is... This is George and Lorraine and Biff's kind of story and Marty is is a part of that you know you were following him on the journey but it's about them and putting their lives right then in the second one it really is about Marty in the future and then the third movie is Doc's movie it's about him finding peace and happiness and everything he wanted so like I feel like everybody kind of has had their moment to shine now i mean just just getting back to your your concept like the way i i would just say is like so if we're going with that because again again justin I, I love yours but like to me i it almost felt like so dark like even though you said it wasn't that way like it sounds dark to me and i feel like that should be like a spin-off <laughs> film you know like they do it you know Tannen. it did feel like a spin-off <laughs> yeah, totally. i mean it's it's the tan- yeah. it's biff tanner story yeah yeah. <laughs> but but so but basically like when I look at, at Jeff so the the event that causes it I feel like is so essential um, so like what what was Doc doing why did he have to go back and in my mind I would I would say it's something as simple as he wanted to get a ring for Clara or some piece of jewelry for Clara that was his mother's that was back you know at his old residence. And maybe, you know, I don't know, I I guess he could have gone, you know, at any point, but maybe he felt like he had to go at that time because he maybe he sold it to fund one of his experiments at some point and he had to go back <laughs> prior to the week maybe it was part of his purchase of plutonium you know yeah <laughs> like but he then had to if sell he it. goes and gets the ring and he doesn't sell it then he never makes the experiment and he never oh, that's a good point. the delorean uh, again, that's, time that's travel not how back to the future thinks though yeah they, they would probably they do it they don't right that. he would have found funding <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> they followed those well, and, and I wonder, though, like Justin had the idea where he said about the butterfly effect, where it's like it doesn't have to be that yeah. he came back to 1984 to or whenever they met. Oh, yeah. It could have been like, yeah, he was back in, you know, the the settlers times and he ends up having to sure. step on a butterfly or whatever, which then makes Marty's feeling like it because I don't know. Part of my thought was this feeling of like not 
I don't know, animosity is too strong a word, but this idea that Marty would be upset at Doc Brown for having done this and that would diminish that, which that might be good because that hasn't really come up in any of the movies where they're angry at each other. Not really. Yeah, it's true. That's I don't true. know if we'd want to introduce that or if we want to, like, again, the more we distance it, I think. Well, well I, I, but I think that's the next no, I, step of the relationship. I think something like that yeah. has to happen. You have to overcome adversity between the two of them rather than the two of them overcoming somebody else's Yeah, but but, I, but, I, but I feel or, like, like would... one of their adversities. Yeah. So with that, though, so just going back, because you know, I'm all about like, okay, so what would, what would be the, the catalyst for that moment? So maybe if you're saying he did go back, you know, before, but anyway, maybe it's something like he does go back to old West times because Clara forgot something. Yeah, like, I like putting it on Clara's shoulders, not 100% on Doc. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like he went to go like- do something for her. Yeah, I kind of feel like Doc, though. I mean, like, especially if I remember the the first one when he's he's just imagining where he'd want to go. He keeps talking about like, yeah, to go back and to see the birth of Christ or to see the whatever. Like, he wants to go and witness certain things. Mm, yeah. So that's why I would feel yeah. like if he was traveling, he's already gone to the fifties, so we don't need to do that again. But if like he wanted to go and see his first, like, I guess he could see his like when he first built the the flux capacitor or he wanted to see when some other like experiment i don't well as as a side or kind of a question there now are we to believe i don't remember are we to believe in the first movie doesn't he have a line where he said no no, where is it where he says something about i finally invented something that works hmm doesn't isn't that, that, that a line that, that, that sounds familiar and i'm just trying to think i don't hold on uh let's press pause let's go watch all <laughs> exactly i and feel I like hot back I, I think you're past. thinking of transformers 4 that just no, came out no. mark Wahlberg. <laughs> no transformers invented everything anything ever <laughs> uh, but no like i feel like so it's like this question is like is doc brown a failed inventor who has never i mean like we see again and again all of his ridiculously like failed experiments like the the thing in the first one where that giant cranial whatever where he's trying to read marty's thoughts and it doesn't work and whatever but then by the third one all of a sudden he's like mr genius i made a refrigerator in you know the old west so well but but i mean he, he also there was also you know 30 years between when he made that cranial, you know, mind reading device and when he, you know, got up to building the time machine. So he probably did increase in his knowledge and his success rate quite a bit over that time. I think that can be explained with like his eccentricity, like the the mind thing was a very eccentric uh, invention, whereas I think out of the, the time machine was the one that worked. But the other stuff is out of necessity and he's not an idiot. Like he understands how to create a refri- he doesn't he understands how a refrigerator works but if he's inventing something new it's difficult for him to yeah i, I see that yeah i read that in a book somewhere <laughs> i read it in the book it was good so the fan fiction yeah the fan fiction <laughs> so so i have a uh, question here now let's talk a little bit about the title of the film then so Jeff, where where were you at with the title for for your sequel? I had nothing good. I mean, like I thought of the only thing that popped into my head, I hate, 
and that was back to the past. And it's like, ugh, gross. That's so obvious and not appealing <laughs> at all. But it's kind of like you don't want to call it Back to the Future 4. You don't want to call it Back to the Future 0. You don't want to, like, I mean, I guess you could do Back to the Future the beginning or, like, some sort of a subtitle. Yeah. But I feel like you got to have some sort of a back, like a, a reference to the original movies. I mean, I, I like back the idea the, of something. Back to the future. Back to the back. Ooh. Back to the back. Back to the uh, back. Back to the back. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who do, who do we get in on that? that? We'll do soundtrack later. We'll do soundtrack later. Uh, but, but but my thought, was that that would be if it was the 90s. You know, we probably would have gotten right. like, you know, P. Diddy or Busta Vanilla Rhymes doing it. would definitely sing that song. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my thought would be, what if it was just back to the future, like a crack in time or something like that? You know, like... Or, you know, like nothing too dramatic, but at the same time, it gives you that realize, okay, something went wrong and they're fixing it, you know, like maybe just explain the it. word crack, though. Yeah. A crack in time. That sounds I like, too Honestly, technical. I like going with taking Adam's title and putting it on Jeff's movie. The Adventures of Doc and Marty? That could be fun. Yeah. Really? Because See, then to be can, honest, it makes it sound more whimsical, though. It does. It re- yeah. reminds me of the adventures of Lava Girl and Shark Boy. Actually, <laughs> just call it Doc and Marty. Okay. Ooh. There we go. And, would, now, would you want to call it Back to the Future, colon, Doc and Marty, or just Doc and Marty? No. Doc and Marty. I think a lot of the sequels these days are taken on different names. Like, it's the same concept, and it's a, it's a callback to something in the movie. But I think if you called it Doc and Marty everybody would know exactly what you were talking about and i think it would i think it would be interesting enough and different enough yet iconic and especially like we'll talk about this in a second but if the font of the poster you know is the same font as the back to the future logo then people are going to make that connection so yeah and, plus, and, and that's was, what the movie's about the movie's yeah, about doc and, and marty right it was one of the neat things that i i mean again it was another thing that you can only get away with in the 80s and 90s but is that it was kind of neat that they did use the exact same poster concept for all three movies where yeah. it was them looking in and the first one was what was it the first one was marty looking in the second one was was it marty and doc looking in i don't remember uh right yeah it was both so. of them yeah doc doc's behind yeah, with his future outfit on and lifting no, the up third his one visor had, had mary steam virgin but so you could oh, do right. yeah you could do the same thing but they could be looking into the train or they could be looking the refrigerator this is where we bring in <laughs> the prius Come on! Bring it oh in the wow! <laughs> well, 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 but that—that's a good point because the DeLorean was destroyed at the end of the third one, right? So, so maybe it's something where they—they yeah. they actually they maybe they do start with a Prius because Doc has to reconfigure with what they have, and then they then they I go mean, back it, and get the, the DeLorean or something. Yeah, they have a Prius, but like, I think that it's a train, right? Well, though they well they have the train, yes, but I I mean I guess I, I, I feel like them. something like should go wrong the with the train the where where they're not because the train is not iconic. The train was awesome and fun at the end of the third one, but people yeah, want the DeLorean eventually. Right. But they also want an innovation. So I feel like there would be an evolution where Doc comes back, like you know, after he caused the problem, maybe you know the train doesn't work now for some reason. Something got changed, you know, and then totally. now he has to he has to redo his experiment with a prius because now they're in present day he uses the prius and then when they go back i, I, I own a prius i love priuses it's fantastic thank you toyota for sponsoring the sequel so quest boring. pod you gotta do something because the dorian was cool back in the day DeLorean was like a cool car yeah well for its brief and moment so, in time yeah it, it had here, its moment i don't think it actually was i think it i don't i mean like a cool car. I, I was five as as we That's were true. so i don't know watch, did you guys ever watch chuck 
There sure. was an episode but, of Chuck. Great show for nerds, by the way. If anybody's on 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 Amazon or, or anything like that, I don't think it's, it's on. on it is on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. There you go. So there's one. Uh, Chuck's best friend Morgan is a huge big nerd, and this guy comes in and wants to get his DeLorean retrofitted at Best Buy to get a, a, a stereo. And Morgan's mouth just drops to the floor, and he ends up buying it. But it turns out a DeLorean's top speed is 15 miles an hour, or else it <laughs> overheats because it's such a poorly made car. So, so then a Pinto. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just say at the time though that it came out, it was super hyped. Like if you go back and look, like there was a like it was on the cover of every magazine, cool the car, car magazine. Yeah, I mean it, oh, it had its moment. It's just with all the the drama and the controversy with the actual manufacturer and creator so and all that. We should use a Scion. Yes, or an element. What happened to the elements of Fiat? No, but but do you you understand? Do like the tiny little Fiat 300? You guys. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, but uh, it would would matter which car company wanted to participate, you know. But but, but I I still say, like, you know, train breaks down. Yes, there it is. Which smart car? (laughs) That would be very impressive. Done. Um, But yeah, so. (laughs) It looks so ridiculous. I know, right? Him putting up. Uh, well, you can't really take anybody else. It's just the two of us. There you go. There's the reason. He doesn't need to leave him behind. He can't fit him. The family has to stay behind. Exactly. In the smart he car. doesn't take <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so basically, what I'm understanding here is, so, so yeah, so, so we, we basically we have the premise. We don't want to have to go into every single uh, plot point in detail. But the other question is, are we going to recast or are we going to rehash? Basically, meaning, oh, are we man. bringing back the original actors, or are we think thinking we can, recast? I don't think you can. Everybody's like way too old. Well, there's especially the if we're gonna take it from right after the third movie. Like, it's gonna be like um, Wet Hot American Summer, where like the joke is that they're all super they're old, but they're old. playing younger people. I don't think you can do that. Yeah, but, but that's the kind of like, we did the previous podcast as well. Whereas, if we're all talking theoretical here, so are we saying like if we're making this movie? the day after filming closed for Back to the Future 3, then that changes things a little bit. Because you're right. I mean, Christopher Lloyd, like, oh, sure. I, I don't even know if he can play a 70-year-old anymore. But, yeah. Uh, and yeah, a lot of them. For me, personally, again, I'm a huge, big Crispin Glover fan. And, I, it, like, if, unless you sign Crispin Glover onto this 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 deal, like, I'm out. Like, I got to see some vintage George McFly and not that – stand-in guy they used in the second movie yeah well and i, and I think the past history is maybe i mean maybe they could patch things up but that's probably not gonna happen because i'm sure he's still a, a weird guy who's gonna make demands they're not going to uh comply with but i mean so but yeah when i look at it it's kind of like i i, I would say let's just let's just say it was made two years after part three then absolutely i think we could work everybody in because you know in my original idea if we were making it present day everybody could come back because they were all in old age makeup in, you know, like the adults at least were in old age makeup back then that they probably you know, look somewhat similar now, you know, wouldn't have to do too much. But then Michael J. Fox obviously can't, he would have to be recast. But my thought is right. for the, for when, when Doc goes back and they're fixing all the stuff, you know, in 1980 or 1984, or whenever it is that Doc and Marty met, then obviously we would have to recast at that point. Probably they just have a stand-in for Doc where you don't see him quite as much, or they de-age him, even though it didn't quite work for Tron, or, uh, or I mean, it looked okay in, in, X, in X-Men 3, but uh, other than that, I've not seen the de-aging. I mean, I guess Ant-Man it was sort of okay with Michael Douglas, but it still looked kind of weird. Exactly. The one recast that I might vote for, I was not a fan of Elizabeth Shue. 
I think it might be weird to change Jennifer's and have a different Jennifer in two and three and then change back in this one, but was not a fan, including her final line in the movie. No, it did. She did say it erased, didn't it? Oh, gosh. Horrible reading. So I could maybe replace her. Oh, man. Go back to what's her name. In your pitch, they're only going back to fix that moment in time that is the prequel, right? So really, during that period, we we probably would recast. But but probably just for Marty, now that I think about it, because Doc, again, could just kind of, we could always see him from behind, or he wouldn't have to be doc you know like that that interaction as much you we maybe be following the young marty more and then you know thomas f wilson could come back chris mcglover they could get him and leah thompson they could play all themselves as adults just with a little extra old age makeup now to make them look like they did in the first film i think but like so the question is who who would young marty be then back then who would you put in there I don't know how much earlier, so because I know you said five years. So do you right. feel like they'd known each other for five years? I I feel like they had to, because like it, otherwise, like because you're never really clear on the relationship, but it's kind of like a friend mentor sort of relationship. Like Marty has a lot of caring for Doc, and why would he go out in the middle of the night to help Doc if they had like just met, you know, six months before or something? Like there were there had to be a history there, and you would want to give him time. Yeah. I would. And think. he does and was he, like, like old friends with his dad, maybe. Mm, probably not. I don't think they would have been. I don't think so. Yeah. Because Doc was already did, like 30 I mean, he when he was in high school. Key, so he just walked into Doc's house when Doc wasn't there. So, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, five, eh, okay. So then it's just young Marty McFly and young Jennifer. Right. Would be the only two. Now, in, in, in my mind, I'll, I'll, I'll throw mine out if you guys haven't didn't think about it. But for me, like in my in my concept, I was looking at in um, this movie. I don't know if you guys heard of it or remember. It's called Earth to Echo. Oh yeah, yeah, and that that was a I really cool oh, yeah, movie. Oh uh, yeah, it was it was it was Liar. great for what it was. There was a kid in there. His name is Tio Halm, which is a really weird name. Uh, but he he was kind of like the spunky kid with attitude, and he I feel like would be a good a good Marty. And at the, at the same time, there's actually if you go on his IMDb page, there's a picture of him with his mom who is Topanga from Boy Meets World. Daniel Fisher is his mom. What? His actual mom mom? Yeah, his actual wow. mom. And what's weird is in the photo, he's wearing a red T-shirt and a jean jacket. He looks like he's literally wearing a Marty McFly costume. I was like, what is it? This nice. is crazy. So go go check it out. Well, there you, you can go. See there. Yeah, T-O Helm. T-O-H-A-L-M. Well, except for though, aren't we talking about, I thought we were talking about filming this in 1990. Oh, that's I think Adam was bringing it to like if we if we were filming it now, if yeah. you were filming the kids now, who would you cast? Because you wouldn't be able to cast. Yeah, but no, you are, actual actors. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Originally, I was saying him, and then there was the girl in that movie as well. I thought she would have been a good Jennifer. They just color her hair differently. She would have worked. But now, if we're going back to the '90s, so, when I also had considered it as well, I was looking at somebody like like Omri Katz from uh, Erie, Indiana. Or uh, Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World, or somebody like they—they they didn't really look, you know, like My- Michael J. Fox. But I think like they would have been maybe young enough back then to do it. So now, what about just because he's the main person of that age that I could think of? If we're doing 1990, mm-hmm. Elijah Wood would be nine years old, and he was just kind of becoming a big deal. And he was in Back to the Future too. 
What? Yeah, you didn't you know you didn't see him. He when Marty goes oh, to the cafe oh, eighties. Right. Yeah, he he's was the, the little the, kid with the yeah. Yeah, you have to use your hands. That's like a baby's yeah, toy. That's true. He seemed really oh, young. Man. Although that would have been a couple years before. But he's a but he's a small guy also. So I mean. Well, because that's the thing is that because I was thinking about like other people that in in my mind to to picture, uh, that was actually his movie debut. Video game boy was his character's name. Yeah, uh, nice. but no, no, Elijah Wood's a good thought. Actually, I, I yeah. think he actually could because that's fit the thing it. too is because again, Michael J. Fox is so short is that you can't have somebody real tall. And, and they have similar Except similar kind of a shape, facial shape and stuff. Where I think you could make him, you know. Yeah, although it. I guess you're right. He is a little younger because then again, nine. If we're going back five years, he should be about. 12. So that's a little young and Elijah looked really young when he was 9. Okay, now now for but I, I don't know, can we can we agree on Elijah? I, I think he's he'd be a great choice. Elijah done. I yeah. love it. You guys are done with that one. Nor- North North Elijah. Did you ever see him in North back in the day with oh, Bruce Willis? Gosh. Oh man. My wife was just watching that movie and I was like, "What <laughs> are you doing with your life?" Right now? <laughs> oh. oh, that's awesome. Now now for Jennifer I actually had someone in mind. This is going to be kind of a time warp situation, but it really works. Now, I don't know if you guys watch Psych, but the girl who plays, uh, I think her name is Juliet, is the character's name. She's the love interest uh, throughout the film and the police officer and all that. When I first saw the show, I was like, Elizabeth Shue is doing TV. Like, she looks like Elizabeth Shue. So I felt nice. like, I felt like her and she was acting back then like she had just kind of started acting in like the mid 90s so she probably could have started her career a little bit earlier and it would have been perfect because she looks like a young elizabeth shoe even though elizabeth wasn't you know the original you know she's not claudia wells is the original jennifer but still i think like that continuity and that look could fit really well so you have elijah what happened to her what happened to the original uh, What's the story there? Jennifer? Yeah. Yeah. Claudia Wells? Yeah, she, the, I was just reading that, the, I guess she had a family illness, and so Aww. I think it was her mom got very, very sick, and so she had to leave. Oh, that's awful. But can I just throw, because I was just looking into it, I just want to throw out of the podcast. <laughs> one that's more depressing. name. I want to throw one more name out for, for um, a young Marty. Okay. Somebody who had just started his career one year before by playing Lucas's goon in The Wizard, Toby Maguire. Oh, wow. What? I didn't even know about Mind that. Blown. See, hot off The Wizard. I mean, he was ready. <laughs> <laughs> if if yeah. anybody was hot off The Wizard, it, Toby <laughs> Maguire. <laughs> Ooh, what about Fred Savage? Well, no, actually, Fred Savage doesn't look like Marty, though. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's a little the right short age, guy. I think, and he's he was Mr. Big back then, but he just doesn't look like a Marty to me. Yeah, and, well, and, and the truth is they wouldn't want somebody that big for, I mean, maybe they would have gotten him just because of the notoriety of the films, but, but like for that, because it's, you know, that's going to be a chunk of the film, yes, but he's not like the main star, and I feel like Fred Savage is the kind of kid you cast as a star, <laughs> whereas Elijah Wood would be like the up-and-comer that they already had a little bit of a history with since he was there, the director knew him, oh, I liked him, you know, casting director, hey, what about mm. Elijah, we should bring him back, oh yeah, hey, he's great, we loved his, you know, his screen test, you know, and then he's in, seems more likely. How old was uh, Jason Bateman oh. back then? Oh, he was a teenager by then because he was because he, he was doing the Hogan family and all of that. He had done teen, yeah. Because I mean, he did Teen Wolf two in like nineteen eighty eight or something. So, uh, uh, okay. yeah, was yeah. Because 
I thought I thought Michael J. Fox did Teen Wolf after. No, no, Teen, I guess Teen, he would have done it during the. Yeah, run. Teen Wolf was kind of like just before Back to the Future. It was, it was, it was kind of a weird like they were doing it all <laughs> kind of at once. He, he did Teen Wolf, and then he then he did Back to the Future while he was doing Family Ties, and then so but Teen Wolf came out yeah. after Back to the Future, um, so they kind of played on that like marketing wise. Is my understanding, you know, just a little mm. bit like you know people knew who he was even more so as a movie star, not just a TV star now. Which, by the oh, way, that, that was my Elijah. alternate pitch. Love it. Was a uh, was a, a Teen Wolf Back to the Future crossover where Marty becomes a <laughs> werewolf and he, he runs into you know Scott you know and then they and so the two characters are somehow related through alternate dimensions. But uh, you know that's a pipe dream. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Everybody wants their time traveling werewolf story, but you don't always get what you want. Direct to iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Now, now that we basically got it, we, we got Elijah. If we're okay with using uh, uh, Juliet, her the the actress's name, I'm sorry, is escaping me at the moment. But yeah, Psych Girl. And uh, yeah, so I think good there. Now, um, let's talk about the poster then. And actually, if if we're going with if we're going with Doc and Marty, is are we gonna have a tagline with this? Is there a tagline that we're throwing on the poster? I don't. They didn't do taglines, did they? Well, I mean, I I think they had something going on there because most of the posters yeah. back then. Let's. I mean, I'm I'm taking a look at it right now. Let's see. Mm, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it has a lot of text. It's not on over. It. Oh wait a minute. You're right. What's yeah. this? Uh, it says he was never in time for his classes. He wasn't in time for his dinner. Then one day oh. he wasn't in time at all. In his Bruce, time at all. Please, yeah, that's not please, great. No. That's pretty terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Who approved this? I just this? sold in '88, but then the other ones, yeah, two and three, they just dropped that. Okay. They don't have anything. Well, because they already knew what was going on by then, I guess. Exactly. Um, but I yeah, you I mean, thought you were done with this franchise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of tough because you don't you don't want to make it sound too dramatic. You well, want to make it sound one, fun. Yeah, this one does. This poster, at least, was Back to the Future Two. Getting back was only the beginning. Hmm. So I guess okay. they did do taglines still. What about what about something just like friendship is timeless? Oh, that, I don't know. That, that Come work. on, <laughs> get your head in the game. I'm getting to the heart of it, but that's not that's not that's not drawing people putting butts in seats. I think no, Adam. I think you're onto something there. Something about their friendship. I mean, because that's the whole thing, right? Like, I feel like it's it's something standing like, the test of time, or maybe like this time, it's personal. <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Or like this time they're 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 saving themselves or this time hmm. it's them on the line or this time I don't know, where it's something about yeah. Yeah, that, it's time to save your relationship. <laughs> yes. Yes. Marty is from Mars, Doc is from Venus, I don't know. Um <laughs> Anyway, that that's now so that's, that's such an old references. We're, we're bringing up late nineties uh, Oprah's book club references. That's that's how timely the uh, <laughs> sequel quest POD experience is for all our listeners. So we're thinking something along the lines. Let's go oh, on. I like Doc and Marty. How about Doc and Marty? Back to the Future once again. Okay, hey, that's not bad actually. That's simple and to the point. So that's one sentence. Back to no, no, the no, no. Doc and Marty. And the tagline. The tagline yeah. is Back to the Future once again. Right. Well, except for they're not trying to get back to the future anymore. Well, yeah, but, uh, who cares? Yeah, but, but at the same so time, we need it in there. About all of these movies that they're never trying to get back to the future because in the second about, one they're going back to the past. Or well, the, the, well, the first the one technically Marty himself is trying to get back to the future, which is his right. 
present. And then the second one, they're so, kind of they're they're trying to get back to their their real future. Well, they go to the future in the second one, I guess. Yeah, but but yeah, but anyway, I, I still I like it, and uh, I think we run with that. I think we just because it it puts the title in the tagline that people are expecting. So Doc and Marty, we know, is kind of nebulous, and then you put Back to the Future once again. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. Um, now, the poster itself, if we're going to talk about, you know, we, we talked about just putting the Prius on there. So we have the time-traveling <laughs> Prius on the go. I, I feel like you, know, we, you, almost, you almost have to ape the original. But I, but I wonder if, what if it was or just... Or maybe it's, maybe they're on different sides of the car. Because now hmm, okay. the whole movie is about them not, possibly not being friends anymore. Maybe or like my my thought was what if you had like a silhouette of the two of them from the part two poster so you have the iconic poses behind them but then it's the you know the current look of them and there's kind of an agitated look between or kind of like a desperate look between them where they're it's kind of like they're they're reaching out or something like they're doing not to each other not like in a romantic way but <laughs> I'm sure there's fan fiction for that as well that's not what this podcast is about um, <laughs> what if we did what if we did it where either one what if we used their younger versions especially young Marty oh, so you've okay. got 12 year old Marty um, or all four of them so you've got yeah. although I guess young Doc and old Doc would look fairly similar yeah but yeah that, that would the be outfits the could be different but but you I mean, could have that yeah i don't know there's old doc suit. and there's geriatric dark doc you know uh, like one one's still standing and one's on a no no but well, but i like that, that idea because it would be it would because so much of the film would be about the you know the incident that broke them apart or made it so they didn't meet those characters we are going to or you know those versions of the characters we're going to be spending time with so yeah i like the the idea of both sets there so you kind of have the you know the original actors behind and then they're kind of like they're looking maybe they should be like i don't know peeking out from behind a bush or something is where we want to go but you know say we're, <laughs> we're, we're but you know because the point of the film is they're hiding out you know they're they're trying to fix right. it without being seen so something about them just kind of obscured at, or looking out from behind uh, you know that's what it is the cars in the middle and they're maybe they're looking out from either side, like Justin was saying. And then the old, you know, the 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 prequel versions, you know, the younger versions of Marty and Doc are there, like shaking hands or whatever it is, you know, that like we're showing that they're connected, or maybe that they're like they should, you know, maybe they should be walking by each other. Maybe that's what it is, and kind of I looking think- back, like a backwards glance, like should I know that guy? You know, and then then the ones who are going to fix it are behind them, like kind of with a desperate look, like they have to fix it. What do you think about that? Uh, I I think you might be giving too much away in the poster. I think Adam, when you said something about, or Adam or Jeff, when you said something about their silhouette or their back, I think it would be really cool if it was just the back of that. It was a picture of their with their backs turned to the camera, okay. and you just see their hair, and or you see Doc's hair and his. Uh, uh, and the top part of his uh, uh, lab coat, and you see like Marty's iconic outfit and the back of his head. And, yeah, like, and I feel it. like Marty would have to be turned a little bit, like where there was a glint off those those aviator sunglasses that he had, or something. Sure, that's sure. so iconic. But yeah, I think I think that, or like, or Marty's watch is up. You know, like in 
in the sure. you know so yeah. like so you have you have Doc's head then you have kind of Marty's arm with the with the watch and then yeah. you see Marty and th- yeah that could be cool because I think that like if you just saw a poster of that and you saw those outfits that's like you the teaser have to see poster. Any faces. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I think we have te- teaser poster and then final uh, version of the poster. Now, with that being decided, I mean, I think I think that's pretty awesome. Um, now, we go to, let's talk a little bit about uh, the soundtrack, what we think would, would be <laughs> ideal for that now. Now, because at the same, like, I Limp feel- Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Oh, not that kind of retro. Um, my, my original concept, like I say, because if they're going back, it, I mean, did you guys, were you in agreement? Could they go back five years? Because we said we wanted to give them a history, so it's 1980 that they go back to when Doc and Marty meet. Totally. Yeah. So my Not thought fair. was, let's take like the big hits of 79 and 80 and make it like a hipster's dream. You know, it's, it's released on vinyl. It's like, you know, all these old <laughs> hits. So like, you know, you got like Bad Company, you know, Rock and Roll Fantasy or Billy Joel, still Rock and Roll oh, to Me. Oh, dude, yes. You get Blondie yes. on there with Call Me, Heart of Glass, The Knack, and My Sharona, maybe some Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yes. And then, you know, my, then my other concept for it was, I said, what if, what if we, you know, Huey Lewis was so tied to, you know, that first film. What if we mm-hmm. brought him like Huey Lewis and the news back, they do a new original song. That's like a love ballad or something, you know, like, like, <laughs> the, 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 but then you get a contemporary band to do a new song as well. So you get like fallout boy comes in and they do some like it's retro right. sounding, but hip, you know, pop, pop song. Yeah, I thought we were still in 1990 though. Oh, I keep forgetting that. (laughs) So Huey Lewis in the news, yes, even though they've just kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah, but you uh, can do, like on the soundtrack, you can do all those songs, even though we're in 1990, but we're going back to that time. Right, right, but we could do Fall Out Boy. Fall Out Boy didn't exist in, or I don't know. Sure, and whoever the Fall Out Boy of 1990 was. New edition? New Kids on the Block? Although, well, I guess 1990. You're right. And that would be, and maybe, yeah, maybe it could be even like the different points because obviously the beginning and the end of the movie would have to be set in 1990. So to have, yeah, like a a big time one. But it's the one thing though too about Huey Lewis where it's not like in, you know, 85, it's not like Huey Lewis was king of the world and everyone like he was the, he still had a very distinct like, not poppy, but just like so energetic and that sort of a style, which if you're going to throw like bad company, that's a very, very different style. I mean, that's much. Well, well, and I, I agree, but that's what I'm heavier. saying. Like, like the, when they're back in 1980, we'd have that as like the soundtrack behind a lot of stuff. But then, yes, you know, that'd but, be on the soundtrack. Right, exactly. And then Huey Lewis is, you know, again, he, we're just bringing him back for 1990. And, you know, remember when he had that great hit? And Huey Lewis's career would kind of have been, you know, kind of oh, petering man. out at that point. So Maybe this is a big. Re- two soundtracks. Comeback. Oh, what, what one you for then? the '90s soundtrack and one for the '80s soundtrack. Uh, d- uh, yeah, double uh, double disc deal there. Yeah, more money cool. for Paramount. <laughs> Universal. Yeah, although it doesn't sound like a ma- like too much of the movie is going to be set in 1990, though. No, yeah, uh, yeah. enough yeah. of it to make money. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. En- enough to tie it into to present day, you know, and get something in there. So, and, well, now I just realized something. We're talking about 1990. That's when part three came out. So really, we're talking about 1992. Okay. If, if I mean, not that that makes a huge difference, but, you know, because in 1990, they had ZZ Top <laughs> on the soundtrack for part three. 
uh but uh but yeah so in the movie yeah yeah, 92 i mean i think at that point that means we could have had ace of base maybe (laughs) were they were they hitting in 92 or they 94 yes i will hit one one. disconnect Uh, what in the world yeah they were taking over the world they saw the sign that's right hey you know it it's a beautiful life, baby. <laughs> That's what Marty and Doc could say to each other. Hey, it's a beautiful life. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Although, again, I don't think that was till like 96 or 98 when uh, Night at the Roxbury came out. But that's uh, another sequel. That's who, a sequel we'll talk remembers? about. Not me. Down the road. <laughs> All right. So now the next thing is now we're talking about merchandising, right? So we're talking about you know what what type of products are people going to be buying what are they going to try to push on us and say this is what you need because you love this film yeah you kind of mentioned it and it sounds like for you adam that you you were a little bit more (laughs) i was gonna say susceptible to their marketing back then uh but uh you you know had those things back when you were a kid right um whereas I don't know because it's it's funny where it's like when you watch these three movies, they don't feel like kids' movies, right? But they didn't. It doesn't stop them from marketing it to like Happy Meals toys and micro machines and everything like well, that. Well, so, so yeah, they so, didn't do that till they had the cartoon that they said this is absolutely for kids, you know? Because uh, in this one, I mean, it's almost like it could be because there's a twelve-year-old in it. It could be a little bit more kitty, uh, or at least more people could say it is more applicable to children so busting up into the the you know the the happy meals and everything like that could definitely still be a yeah and i feel like there would be like 7-eleven you know or icy cups you know that had the uh you know the actual images from the movie on there um or you know mcdonald's was doing that a lot back then you know with like Batman Returns and all those other kinds of you know they had. By the way, Batman Returns. I'm just a quick side tangent here, but Batman Returns came out. Do you know what they put on one of the cups? It, it was the scene of Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton dancing. That was one of the I cups. Seem to remember that. Yeah, that was one of the exciting moments they wanted. I had that cup, and I was like, "Why did I get this cup?" <laughs> it was exciting. <laughs> that hardly. And that is the reason. Well, no, not that cup, but that's still the reason that Tim Burton didn't continue even though <laughs> batman 3 would have been oh but oh well there we go so but uh, no but yeah but i going think back, they could do uh they could do a limited edition like gibson guitar like yeah. a marty mcfly guitar sure Be- because yeah. because we're saying it's all about his r- recording career he gets at one point because they are yeah. going to go and do that right like they're going to see marty's going to see himself as a super awesome rock star yeah. so yeah absolutely and rock, actually now that i think band. about it you could do it you could do a rock band like version of you know, like all the rock band guitar and everything is like Back to the Future. But this is 92. 1992. 1992. So it would have to be a Sega oh, right, CD. Right, right. Uh, Sega CD. So on Atari. Special yeah. edition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you would be able to make your own Marty McFly is a rock star music video. And you could use all clips oh. from the film. But well, that's I what I, But I just realized they need to, who would be Marty McFly's uh, rock star you know what I'm saying? Like, who, who would be him? Like, we'd have to have an original song that was supposedly Marty's big hit, I feel like, if that's going to be the case. Oh, yeah. And, and they, yeah. Could, they could really push something there. Doesn't just make it up? Fall out, they boy. just made him up. Well, no, no, but I'm saying that that's a mar- that's a that's a promotional opportunity there. Is you could, oh, like, have- yeah, because they would do the full as opposed to, like, yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, because you know, in the original like- movie... 
He's just playing a Huey Lewis song. Right, exactly. Just, I was and Huey was Lewis doing. is the one that thinks it's too loud. <laughs> but, uh, Very clever. Isn't that... Bob uh, Gale and Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, like in my mind, like back then, like I said, I, I named off a couple of things that they released. But I mean, other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of merchandise other than like I used to see, you know, at the hobby store where I bought my, my Marvel Universe cards and things like that. Like they, they had Back to the Future DeLorean models and part two with the hover conversion that you could buy. But like I, I feel like there needs to be, to be like stuff they didn't do with the first few films they would now do so like it didn't have to be a hundred percent related to the new film like they could do action figures of the characters from all the films you know and release it under the banner of you know doc and marty or whatever you know or or just do a back to the future line were those slap wristbands in the 90s yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely all over those things they could definitely do one of those sticker books where you buy the packs of stickers yeah the panini stickers pogs or not panini uh, uh, yeah yeah just pog zero wasn't it pog set do a pog set Pog set. Or you're sure smashing that. Marty McFly's face against Doc's face. All the cool Pogs kids, though, they 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 didn't go for you know the man's uh, <laughs> well, they, they merchandising. Wanted, yeah, they, they wanted all the edgy, the the, you know, the eight ball uh, slammers exactly. and and all the all the dangerous uh, the dangerous looking Ooh. stuff. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> but no, yeah. So definitely a I Pog set. Like, definitely a slap bracelet. Yeah. We gotta have maybe I some. Feel like yeah, I feel like there's a, there's an opportunity, and I can't quite wrap my mind around, but something time-oriented. I mean, an obvious one would be like watches Watch and clocks and stuff like that, but I feel like there's something, and I can't, again, I can't quite, like something like, a, I'm almost thinking like, what do you call, not shrinky dinks, but the you were talking about it in a previous podcast about the the little things that you put in water and they grow the the yeah magic the, rocks yeah like something like that but something like connected to time where it's just like you can control time with whatever and whatever and whatever hmm yeah this i mean <laughs> yeah right well that's watch. that's one way to do it <laughs> well i, I feel like cell have phone to be... oh my god blow my mind yeah oh look out but like maybe something along like the lines of uh I don't know, like maybe it's just a video game type thing because they they had like video games for the for the films that were not well loved, but uh, right. but maybe you know be something where it was an innovation in video games and you could control yeah. time. I don't know, maybe it was not exciting. Usually, movie video games aren't big on innovation. Doesn't work out. Yeah. What, a, what about Aladdin. a line of skateboards? Yeah, they could they could have finally released the hoverboard yeah. back then. No, I mean, not, not, not even a hoverboard, but just like they would totally do a line of skateboards. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Yep. But in 92, like in 92, it was all about rollerblades. That's when rollerblades were kicking in. And a line in. of rollerblades. Well, well, until this comes out. I mean, like if something like this, if they would have really, because that's the thing, too, is that Marty and his skateboard were, you know, iconic, but they never really pushed. I mean, I don't that's think. That's true. I don't yeah. think there were Marty McFly sk- skateboards. No. Who knows what would have yeah. happened to our world? Well, I mean, they they did say that Back to the Future. Back to the Future. But they did say I was listening to an interview with Bob Gale, the writer, and he said that he was told that 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 because they put skateboards, you know, in in the films, especially the first one, that it really helped revive uh, the skateboarding, you know, in Mm. pop culture. 
because it had kind of, it was kind of in its down period and then like right after that you got like tony hawk really kicking it up and all the other uh-huh. guys getting yeah. popular you know like that so you know the bones brigade and all that pushed it. Yeah, by the way awesome if you have not seen the bones brigade documentary i'm just again it's pretty much the best documentary ever like i watch that thing constantly they are so cool i want to be all of those guys uh even, which one even lance mountain it's called bones brigade it's about uh it's about skateboarding crew from the the ah. 80s and early 90s and now cool they're iconic yeah check it out it's on netflix anywho nice. so so i think i think we got what we got there and uh you know we got we got the toys now is there any particular company that you feel like would would latch on and be a part of the promotion like do you do you feel like there's anybody who they could really you know tie in their merchandising with definitely mcdonald's i would go the well one what was subway back in 92 um but i would go a different way like instead of mcdonald's is an obvious one but go with like burger king I wonder, because Burger King, I mean, kind of like E.T. and the Reese's Pieces, where it's kind of like Burger King, hey, dude, like, especially because at this point, we're doing the fourth movie, and it's like, this is a known commodity. Giving Burger King, like, listen, we're not even going to McDonald's. Here's your shot, big guy. Like, Well, and, and they were, they did have product placement, whether they paid for it or not. Like I said at the beginning, when Doc, you know, when Marty is leaving Doc's house in that first scene, he goes right by a Burger King drive-thru, and it's very prominent. Burger King, and then right behind it is a Toys R Us sign. So oh, so just so bringing it back, yeah, maybe nice. they had an existing relationship. Let Burger King do it upright, do a kid's meal. And they did do commemorative cups and stuff back yeah. in the day, so I, I feel like they could, uh, they could push something. I, right, and I wonder with that, and again, because, although again, it depends on the studio, but because this is a known commodity, and I don't know, I mean, I don't have the figures in front of me to know what the, my guess is that the third one was very commercially successful. And so if two years later, you've got a fresh idea for doing a fourth one, like the, the, the advertisers are going to be like, yeah, man, let's, let's get on board here. Uh, and so you can kind of call your own shots, I think. And um, it'd be a great opportunity to go with, yeah, an unknown. I mean, not the Burger King would be an unknown, but you go with an unknown skateboard company. You go with yeah. you know, not the big dogs. I don't know who the big dogs are, but uh, you know, you go with somebody else, and you say like, "Hey, do you want you know you want in on the biggest movie ever made?" Or well, I don't know how they pitch it, but well, and I, I think I that's what you sound like. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and what about what about you know at that time. 92, I think uh, Bugle Boy jeans were still kind of popular. Let's, let's throw Bugle Boy jeans in there. Wow. That, that's what, you know, at some point in, in the 1992 version, that's what Marty's wearing and looking styling. We yeah. got a close-up on and his on butt. And on the high-end Rolex, you know, and just Rolex, Back <laughs> Rolex. to the Future watches. <laughs> sure, Back to the Future watches by Rolex. That's wasn't it Timex? Who made the calculator watches? Ooh, that, that would be awesome. Casio? Casio, there you go. Oh, but and, and the one thing I will say, just when when I thought about the merchandising originally, like if it was present day, like they've literally done everything now. Like there is nothing yeah. Back to the Future you can't get. You can become Marty McFly. They've got the hat. They've got the hoverboard replica. Yeah. Nike is coming out with the shoes with the with the automatic laces. I mean, oh, really? you can get yeah. the jacket. I mean, like, literally, like, costuming-wise, you're set. You know, prop replica-wise, you're set. Plus, they've done a million versions of action figures now. They've done, like, a Hot Toys. I don't know if you guys know what those are, but they're, like, the super detailed, like, 
like they're not statues like they're dolls but they're like they look identical to they look like real people like you could take pictures with the bright I want to get like a fat head Marty McFly for my room yeah just, just slap it on your wall exactly yeah like like so there's there's back to the future even Pepsi has just they just announced they're releasing their Pepsi Perfect which was the Pepsi bottle that Marty got in Cafe 80s in in Back to the Future Part Two. So it's like this. This is the time. So you know whether or not our ideas uh, have have gotten you excited. There's so much more to be excited about. So we sh- we should be thankful to Universal and all the other retailers who have jumped on board and said, hey, you know, we're going to give you what you've been waiting for 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 30 years. So exciting time to be a fan. And yeah. uh, that's what it's all about. I think we've just about uh, rounded it out there. Do you guys have any other thoughts about how this has shaped up? Are you excited about Doc and Marty? I I, I want to see it get made. I want to see it get made. I'll I'll talk to my people. You go get to work over there at Paramount. Paramount. Steal the rights away from Universal. However, you make that happen. <laughs> Now, Dude. I do want to leave the door open, though, that I think I, I, I want to say that in 92, I feel like our movie is going to tank. It's not going to do well. It will you be. Think the, so? Yeah, I, I think I think not for the fact that it's not going to be a great film because we're geniuses. And I think we've hit on exactly what they need. Uh, but I just feel like it, yeah. w- it will have run its course by then, even though people will think they would have wanted one more. It'll be like Rocky where they're just like, ah, now they just pushed it too far. And so yeah. I, my imagining, though, is that like five years later, you know, like, and so now Pulp Fiction has happened, and a couple other things. Then we go for Tannen. Yeah. I did want to want to throw out as a side note is that I was reading that uh, apparently this month, October, is uh, Bob Gale is going to be uh, like I guess overseeing a comic series that's going to be a prequel to Back to the Future about how Marty and Doc met. Wow. So, Awesome. I did not know and that. That's if it great. turns out to be the exact same thing that we just said, <laughs> then we, like, they owe us money. He he was just waiting for this podcast to come out. He's like, it's coming out eventually. <laughs> it, it will be out. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, Jeff, I would love to for all of this to have been like you actually got an early copy of it, and you were just like, "This is oh, the plot. This is the plot of the comic series." You that can I never to play you this podcast for any executive anywhere. <laughs> or Cheater. I will. <laughs> Yeah, are we gonna flip our our coin for next week? Yeah, let's let's take a look here and let's see what we're uh, what we're gonna be going with. So we're going. Are we going sequel? Or going prequel? Although looks like it doesn't really matter, judging by how you guys are taking it. <laughs> it's well, a combo sort of a deal. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we're flipping it. Looks like we have sequel. So next week we will have an official sequel to a film. What that film will be. You're going to have to uh, go ahead and check it out uh, for yourself. And with that, we're looking forward to uh, to sharing another batch of uh, crazy movie sequel ideas with you. And until then, quest on. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest P.O.D. We hope you'll return next time when we discuss another film that never was. For more made-up movie fun, visit SequelQuestPod.com to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest POD are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended.